So tonight in our testimony series, we are glad to welcome Dr. Christina Edmondson. She is the Dean for Intercultural Student Things. Student <laughs> Development. Stuff. Development. That's the word I'm looking for. Intercultural Student Development. We joked beforehand that I wouldn't remember that. I did not. <laughs> Even though we work very closely together. Hashtag chaplain fail. Christina is uh, very involved in the lives of many of our students, particularly those who are from international uh, backgrounds or students who are from uh, North America and students of color. These are particular areas of focus, but before this she was involved in the Bruni Center as a counselor. So see, she simply has a big heart for all y'all. And uh, that's why when I wrote to her and I said, would you be willing to be one of the people who offers a testimony? She said, I would, I would love that. And so let us welcome our sister, Christina Edmondson. Welcome. Thank you. So glad you're here. Yeah. Good to be good. here. You're good? You're good on the mic? We're good? Mm -hmm. I'm mic'd. Yep. Excellent. Good. So we invite you mm -hmm. to tell a story, yeah. a testimony of sure. a season in your life when you needed God. Well, that's, that's all the time. Every day. Every day. <laughs> good clarification. But sometimes you know it more than others. That's, that's right. I think that's, that's what exactly it is. Right. When I first got the request, I thought, what would I talk about? It took me a moment to really reflect on it. And it wasn't that I haven't had difficult experiences in my life. I just, I thought, which one would I lift, <laughs> which one would I lift up? And um, what might be most helpful for students to hear about? And so I decided to share basically about this uh, decade-long journey of losing three close friends. And really the pain of that, uh, I deeply identified, they were all women, and I deeply identified with each of these women. They were very good friends to me. Um, and they all, you know, death is so ugly. Mm -hmm. But I do think we have a sense of what is like a good death. You know, I wanna be really old and die in my sleep. Yes. That's mm -hmm. my plan. Yep. Jesus, please. <laughs> um, but I would say that these, these deaths were particularly painful, mm. right? So mm -hmm. uh, the loss of a friend who was a scientist and a mother and, and wife and incredibly funny, driving back from visiting her mother and killed in a car accident. Right before I gave birth to my first child, and she was really one of the people that was coaching me and loving me through that process. And then just a few years later, um, I, I lost a really close friend who was a bridesmaid in my wedding. Mm. She was my funniest hallmate. Um, I remember greeting her in the morning with movie lines. We would like watch, binge watch movies over at VHS over <laughs> and over again before Netflix. There was a time before Netflix, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, just one of the funniest people mm. that, that I had the pleasure of knowing. And her name is Maya. And so we lost her in childbirth along with her baby. And then a couple years later, a dear friend, Robin, a mathematics professor, incredibly wise, incredibly kind, uh, no nonsense, she was almost like an aunt, uh, lost her body succumbed to cancer. And I thought, oh, what a decade, what a decade. So some of the, I learned things out of that, though. <laughs> I learned things out of the excruciating pain. Um, I learned, one, not to waste my days. 
right? Because they're not guaranteed. I learned, too, to really deeply value friendship. Mm -hmm. That friendship is a gift. Mm -hmm. um, and that you should tell people that you see them and that you love them and that they have value in your life. I also learned that God is still glorious in the middle of grief. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, that is what sustained me in the middle of grief, is God's glory. So God's goodness is in eternal and it endures forever. And so these very temporal losses feel like an eternal pain, but the reality is that God's glory is actually the eternal thing mm -hmm. and not the pain that I feel in the moment. Um, so yeah, so I learned to appreciate each day through those losses and I've learned to deeply value friendship and I've learned to look for the glory even in the middle of grief. Mm -hmm. So, other than the cancer death, which, yeah. you know, we kind of see coming. Mm -hmm. um, the car accident, no idea. We've all lived through that. Yep. The childbirth one, also, it just feels yeah. like, does that happen, right? Yeah. Uh, does that still happen? Is that still a risk? And, mm -hmm. you know, it is. Yeah. And so, you anticipate bringing life into the world yeah. and celebrating, and even the birth of your own daughter mm -hmm. affected by this, sure. right? And so if, as these stories wove themselves mm -hmm. into your life, how did you pray differently? How did you encounter God differently? Was there a season after any of them that you were like, I need a little time out from this whole faith <laughs> thing because this is not working out for me? Right. I mean, what, what was churning in you throughout this? For me, pain produces much simpler prayers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think it's easier to orchestrate kind of a lofty prayer in the midst of something that's good. Yes. Um, but in the midst of pain, prayers are very simplistic. Yeah. They're help me. They're uh, why. <laughs> They're fix it. Um, mm -hmm. They're uh, lift the burden. So they're simple one-line prayers. And when you think about... Um, the utterances of the spirit and the groaning, grief takes you to a place where that happens. And so in that sense, I think my faith grew simpler but deeper. Mm. And I also begin to look at faith di differently. I think uh, sometimes we think about faith as something um, that we crank up or that we exercise. We think of it as something that we grow and I think when we look at it that way, sometimes we can begin to feel bad about our very anemic faith. <laughs> but I started to look at faith more like a tether, hmm. that a faith is more like a rope or an anchor that holds me and connects me. And I begin not to depend so much on my faith, but the object of my faith. Hmm. Right? And so I think knowing that I did not have the strength to muster up a work of building my faith in the midst of grief, I could only really rely and depend on the object of the faith, which ultimately is what we have to direct our attention to anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did uh, other believers do in your life that was helpful to you? Well, they cried. Yeah. <laughs> they cried. They were, they, they, they were sad, they reflected the pain, mm -hmm. which I think is really important. Um, they gave me space. I think in my work, people typically don't think I'm a 
that I get, can get sad. This is a, what happens to therapists. Um, people think that therapists never get sad. <laughs> they do. They really do. Go hug a therapist, y'all. Hug one. <laughs> they do. Matter of fact, they typically have a huge range of emotions. They're in the emotion business. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that happens, though, sometimes for therapists is that they can give off a sense that they have it together. Mm -hmm. uh, but grief can strip that away. Yep. which is a blessing because then people begin to deal with me like I didn't have it together because I didn't have it together. Um, and then they could, they could meet me at my need, yeah. which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I cry a lot to my husband. I was like, you're a pastor, sit here, let me cry. <laughs> so it's part of his husbandly duties is to let me cry when I want and not judge me. So. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. I think we've all been in seasons of sorrow or loss and people have done things that were less than helpful. Uh, what were some of those things that, and part of the reason we ask this question is because we're all in training, we're all human, uh, we're all going to walk with other people through grief, mm -hmm. and uh, you don't always get it exactly right, but we certainly don't want to be intentionally wrong. We don't want to drop the ball. We really want to do this well, and so we're saying, what are some things we should avoid doing? Yeah, I think we can overly spiritualize, mm -hmm. right? Not that... Um, not that our reality actually you know, isn't spiritual, it is very spiritual, but we can, by that I just mean um, we can push people past their feeling um, by taking them beyond the moment. Yep. And I needed to think about what it means to uh, bury a friend who's the same age as me along with her baby. I, I didn't need to hear at that moment, uh, you know, this is God's will. Well, everything, I mean, <laughs> that wasn't going to help me. Sovereignty actually didn't help me. Right. I love the doctrine of sovereignty, and it's true, it's a good one. But it actually uh, is more about the doctrine of God's character that mm -hmm. helped me. Mm -hmm. So in difficulty, we sometimes give people the doctrine of sovereignty. And I would say, let's point them to the goodness of God, um, the nearness, the presence of God. Mm -hmm. The sovereignty piece is important. Providence is important, mm -hmm. but I needed to be reminded, reminded that God's goodness is eternal and it lasts forever. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm in this moment of seeing my friends pass away, yeah. that was temporal. That was a bit of the illusion or the fog. Mm -hmm. What is most clear that I will see in glory is them rejoicing before our risen Savior. Mm -hmm. And so that needed to be reminded of goodness and not just sovereignty. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back on it now, um, are there ways in which grief surprises you? It kind of slips in, catches you off guard? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I would be able to talk tonight without crying, so mm -hmm. I'm doing smashingly. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's not over yet, but I am doing <laughs> So far, so good. So far, so good. It's okay to cry. Um, yeah, it just, it'll bubble up. Yeah. But it has also shifted. So. It will never not be a sad thing to me. Right. Like, it will always be sad. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there's a part of it that begins to turn its volume down, the yeah. sadness part, yeah. and the memory gets louder. Hmm. Right? The, um, the laughter gets louder. The jokes, like the inside jokes that you and only a good friend have, that gets louder. And I think that's a gift mm -hmm. from the Lord. That's mercy. Yes. So the sound doesn't go away of the death and the pain of those things, but what gets louder is the richness of the friendship. Yes. 
I think that's such an important word. Mm -hmm. um, and gives hope to those of us who are still like in the deep shock of it all. Mm -hmm. um, and whether that was the loss of Tara, the loss of a family member, a friend, yep. um, it takes a while, yep. right? And to be able to say to ourselves, every little bit, mm -hmm. right? Just one day at a time, move it forward. Sure. It's not always gonna look the way it looks today. Nope. Yep. Nope. Mm -hmm. nope. That's the beauty of sanctification. Yes. Right? Yes. I have a lot of hope in sanctification. Mm -hmm. Right? So <laughs> the Lord says at the end of this, I'm looking like Jesus. Right. So I'm banking on that. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a kind of a eschatology hope. Yes. So today, not feeling a lot like I look like Jesus, <laughs> but that is the eternal hope. Yep. Um, and our Lord will dry every tear. He redeems all broken things. Mm -hmm. And that is good news, even if I can't fully hold it in my hand or see it. Yeah. Uh, we hope for what we can't see. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that draws us, keeps mm -hmm. us going, keeps yep. us breathing. Yep. Yep. If there was one thing that you would say uh, to our students that you think, this is the thing, like don't forget this thing, or this is how I want my experience to settle in and go deep in you. I would, I would remind you to, um, to rest in the gift of faith, that it's an anchor, and that you don't have to crank it up or try to take protein drinks to build it up. It is a gift just like grace, um, and that you can rest in the goodness of the Lord, and that what we see now is very much temporary. I know it doesn't feel like it's temporary, but it is. It's temporary. The women who I laughed with, we will laugh together for an eternity. That, that's the thing that is really real. The sadness of today will dissipate. That's what I remind you. And only Jesus gives that hope. Only Jesus gives that hope. This would be a very different conversation if I was talking about three friends who had not placed their hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's probably why I'm not crying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. So. Scripture often plays a role yeah. in these stories. And what we've uh, wanted to do is give the gift of scripture passages to the students mm -hmm. along the way so that they can say, oh, that one, I'm going to hang on to that yeah. one. So was there a passage in particular that? Yeah. Allows, allows you mm -hmm. to keep moving forward. Well, when I think about the goodness of the Lord, Psalms 107.1 comes mm -hmm. to mind, which I share with you, yeah. um, which may sound ironic, like how can God be good when there's grief? Right. <laughs> Let's give thanks to the Lord. Yes. For his steadfast love endures forever. Right. But that's, how, that's when you know it's real. Yes. Right? It's in the midst of grief that God's goodness, God's faithfulness shines so bright. Mm -hmm. And that you know it's not circumstance or situations or material things, but that it is God who is our portion. That his goodness satisfies us. Um, and that is the eternal reality, that goodness. Yes. Indeed. Well, let me pray for you. Amen. God, we are so grateful that indeed your steadfast love endures forever. We are so grateful that faith is the anchor 
We're so grateful that Christina is here to give a testimony, to say, I'm keeping my eyes on what is eternal. I'm keeping my eyes on the long view. I'm keeping my eyes on the object of my faith, which is Jesus Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that in her testimony today, we are called to those deep truths that you are eternal, that we have life in Jesus Christ, and that our friends who have died in Christ, we will see again, and we will laugh together through all eternity. And as we pray that and hope for that, we are also bold to pray, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. This world belongs to you. Amen. Amen. Let's thank our sister. We're going to take a a deeper look at Psalm 107. I invite you to take a look at it. It's at page 487, and you're going to have to do a little reading out loud, so you're all going to want to have it in front of you. Page 487, the black books in the the pews are the Bibles. So page 487, Psalm 107. And you'll see that it is substantial. I know, 43 verses. So we're going to divide it up this way. This section, all y'all... You're going to read aloud when I get to them, verses 6 and 8, all right? All y'all, when I get to it, verses 13 and 15, 19 and 21, 6 and 8. Wait, that's not right. Turn the page, Mary. 28 and 31, 28 31. We good? All right. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty, and the hungry he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in gloom, prisoners in misery and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Their hearts were bowed down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their bonds asunder. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were sick through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities endured affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. 
and delivered them from destruction. And let them offer thanksgiving sacrifices and tell of his deeds with songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the mighty waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heavens, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assemblies of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into salty waste because of the inhabitants, wickedness of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry live, and they establish a town to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing they multiply greatly. He does not let their cattle decrease. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of distress and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness stops its mouth. Let those who are wise give heed to these things and consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Now you saw that I trust that there's a rhythm to the psalm, right? There's a repetition, there's a refrain. It goes, we were in a real bad place. We cried out to the Lord, he showed up, we said thanks. And they do that again and again. We were in a horrible place. We cried to the Lord, he showed up, we said thanks. One more time, one more time again, just to be sure that we all get the rhythm. Because what this psalm is, is a collection of testimonies. It's a collection of people who are saying to other people, this is what God looks like. This is how God shows up. We were in a bad place and we cried to help and this is what God did and we are thankful. Now next week, we're going to give our testimonies. And I'm guessing there are some of you in the room who are like, I don't, I don't really have a testimony. I don't really, I don't really know what to say about that. Well, let me ask you this. Think about this between now and next Sunday night. When you came in in the fall, was there something that you were hoping for? Something you were crying out for? Maybe you were the only one from your high school, maybe the only one from your city who landed on this campus and you were praying for a friend, just one, Lord, just one person who likes me. And here you are in May and you have friends. 
You have like a table full of people who will eat with you and enjoy your company and go with you to Steak and Shake. Like you've got, you've got people. And maybe at the beginning of the year, you are crying out for direction. You're like, I've, I've gotten the core done. I'm not sure what's next. I feel kind of stuck. I need some passion. I need some, like, they always talk about vocation. I don't know what, okay, I don't know what that is or how to find it or is it under a rock? I don't know. And you ended up in a class where a professor just sparked your imagination and you figured out a course of study for the rest of your time at Calvin. It's like, oh, look what God did. Look what God did. Or maybe you came into the year and you're like, this is it. This is my last year. By the end of this, I got to have something. I need to get into graduate school. I need to have a job. I need to have some sort of some kind of plan. And here you are, a week to go, and you've got it. That's a testimony. So you look back at what you were crying out for, and you say, how did God show up? What did he provide? Now, we're also very aware that there are folks in the room who are still in the crying out stage. It's like, I got this big thing. I've been crying out for a long time. Nothing seems to be happening. I don't know what God is up to. I don't know where he is. And I know that I'm tired. Professor Kevin Corcoran last week talked about that, right? He talked about having a big prayer and God answered it with a no. But he also talked about the people who let him lament. The people who loved him even when he was angry at God. If you are in the crying out stage and you're not quite sure what God is up to, if he's up to anything, who has he put in your life who knows your heart? Who knows what you're going through? Who lets you cry? Who gives you space to ask hard questions and doesn't push toward the answer? Several years ago, I had a mom in my congregation that I was serving who uh, gave birth to twins, and this was uh, her third pregnancy, so she had two boys, and then the twins were a little bit of a trailer and a bit of a surprise, and she's got these twins. And I went to visit her at her home, and, um, and she said, she talked about how many people had been showing up and bringing meals and doing things like, I mean, we all do the bring meals thing, right? But she's like, they were doing my laundry. They cleaned my house. They raked our yard. Like, they got everything ready for, for winter. Like, people stepped up. And she said, you know, I realized that I'd been praying and praying and praying for strength. For strength to do it myself. For really good sleep so that I could do this and I could be the mom and I could do the things. And then I realized that God was like, shh. I'm going to bring you people. So you don't have to do this all by yourself. And she had, that was her testimony. She was like, I was praying for strength. And God's like, I'm going to give you people. That's better than your own strength. Because that's good for them too. So who are your people? And some of you, you know your testimony for the year. You know it. You can say it. You could stand up right now and declare it. Because God has done great things for you. And you are filled with joy. But maybe you haven't said thank you yet. 
Because we're really good at being like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. God, help me, help me. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> and we forget to say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for answering this prayer. Thank you for giving me friends. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for great antidepressant medication. Thank you, God. So maybe next week, you're going to stand up and you're going to say, thank you. I want to thank God tonight because he did this. Testimonies help us recognize God. And when you hear somebody else saying, this is how God showed up in my life, this is how God looked, that helps us go, oh, I didn't know God could look like that. Huh, that's great. I'm going to start looking for God like that. And you remember last week we talked about sometimes we're just like, ah, God, ah, I'm so frustrated. Ah. And we need to remember that God has shown up in a very obvious way. And what's really cool in this psalm and in all the other psalms, all the other psalms are cool. In this particular psalm, the four things that the people cry out for, hungry, they're in prison, they need healing, they need a storm to be stilled. All four of those things Jesus did when he showed up. Right down to the storm one. You know that when the disciples were on the thing and it was all stormy and everything was going and he just goes, whoosh, and everything calms down, you know one of them was like, ooh, Psalm 107. <laughs> He's doing it right here. Because they would have known all the Psalms by heart. They would have known them immediately. It would have been right off their tongue and they would have been like, both like, this is the coolest thing ever and also I'm a little bit freaked out. Because Jesus showed up. Jesus is God. He says, if you see me, you see the Father. So maybe the testimony tonight isn't that God has fixed all your problems. Maybe the testimony tonight isn't that you are finally healed of a thing that has been burning you for a long time. Maybe the testimony is the core testimony that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. I was a sinner and Christ died for me. I was a sinner, and Jesus loves me. I'm still a sinner, and Jesus still loves me. That is the core testimony out of which all the other testimonies come. Because it's only by remembering, as Christina said, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. It is only by remembering the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is only by remembering that we will have eternity together and there we will laugh and laugh and laugh. It is only by holding on to those things that we endure the sorrows and the weights of the now. And we remember that these things are temporary and the love of our God is eternal. So next week, you get the chance to help all of us know what God looks like, what he sounds like, what he feels like, how God shows up. It's your turn next week, and it's going to be great.